Welcome to the Extra Podcast, a production of Northview Community Church in Abbotsford, British Columbia. Your hosts, Jeff, Ezra, and Thalia, will be discussing the Bible, relevant issues, and current events each week. At Northview, we love to study God's Word and discuss how it applies to our lives, but we try not to take ourselves too seriously. So feel free to laugh with us and at us as we try to challenge and encourage you in your faith. Hi, welcome to the Extra Podcast. My name is Jeff Bucknam, and I'm here hosting today in the absence of our dear Thalia. It's Boys Club here today, boys. Boys Club. It's uh, me, Ezra Okoti. Yeah, I'm here. And Joshua Amazonas. Is it Josh? Joshua? Josh? Doesn't matter. Yes, really? Joss, Joshua, J, any, any, yeah. any of those J, would work. J, J Dog, J Dog, J Dog is good. Yeah, J Dog works. Do you have a Do you have a nickname? Uh, I, my only nickname I ever had was uh, Cripple in uh, middle school because oh, I great. I broke my leg right before a, <laughs> a Quebec trip. So that's like the one that really stuck nobody with called me. you yeah. anything else. Uh, no, I changed schools too often to have anything really, like really oh, okay. stick. And what so. was your What was your nickname, Jeff? Bucky. Bucky. Oh, Bucky. Yeah, yes. everybody in New Zealand calls me Bucky. My I call my kid. Bucky, my son Micah on baseball, everyone calls him Buck. Right? We need you, Buck. Come on, Buck. Ezra? Ezzy. 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 Or Ezzy Babe. Or Ezzy Baby. Ezzy Baby. Ezzy Baby. Ezzy Baby. I'm not going to call you Baby. (laughs) That's just going to be not going to (laughs) happen. That's going to be weird. (laughs) Listen, what we're going to do today is a little bit different. We hope it's something we're going to do in the future. Uh, it's uh, we're going to have a, a question and answer battle, a, B, a Q&A battle. And by that, I mean that uh, each one of us is going to ask a question that the other two are going to respond to. And then we'll go back and forth about that question. And then the other, it'll be my turn, and then it'll be Josh's turn. So Ezra's going to start. Mm-hmm. And any question he wants to ask about these things have to do with ministry. These things have to do with uh, what it's like to be a pastor uh, but mostly uh, theology, we we're probably going to ask some in the future, some thorny theological questions to each other mm-hmm. and that sort of stuff. And uh, it won't be just you get, I ask the question and you get to have one answer. We'll have a back and forth. I want to probably ask some questions as to, uh, to your answers. Mm-hmm. You guys understand? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Good piece of cake. Yeah. We'll take care of this. So Ezra, yeah. you're going to kick it off. We're just going to go for a few and see how far we get. Sure thing. All right. Okay. Go. So obviously, Jeff, uh, how long have you been in ministry? You've I've been, been in ministry, ministry for, I don't know, 25, yeah. 24 you, you've years. You've been around a long time. Now, uh, the the basis <laughs> of my question is because, you know, when the President of the United States or Prime Minister of Canada, they're always in front of the media. There's always some goofy thing that they do. You can't be in front of media and not have a weird mm. moment. So my question to you, Jeff, is what's your weirdest ministry <laughs> moment Either you or something that you've heard, like yeah. that is really weird. Well, I'll do one for me. So by ministry moment, this is going to have something to do with, uh, do you want something from preaching or do you want something just to f- in ministry just in general? Just in ministry Just in general. ministry in general. You want to do ministry preaching general. later or a different yeah. time? Ministry Mi- in general. Mi- right. Preaching later, but ministry So when I first came to Northview, uh, I came from a smaller church in New Zealand and showed up here as a young adults pastor, had my own... I had an office back in those days, gave, gave it up in order to have this open office thing. Which God bless yeah, you. Totally. But I had an office, and uh, one day this guy shows up, this, this young, younger guy. He must have been, I don't know, he must have been 8, 19, 20 years old. Anyway, kind of his hat on sideways, and he, he, looked, he looked like a bit of a, a gangbanger type guy, right? And he, came, he mm-hmm. came in, but he came in with who he claimed was his mother, and his mother 
<clears throat> they just came off the street and they, they, they came in with his mother who had like one of those Bluetooth headset things on the side of the, you know, they, yeah, the one yeah, that yeah, used yeah. to fit in their ear and you could walk right. everywhere and just hit the, Johnny Markin used to walk around the office with that. <laughs> I used to make fun of it, you know, all the time. But right. anyway, so she came in and she was looking very, very corporate, very business-like. Anyways, this, they sit down at, across from me at my desk and I said, well, how can I help you? And this kid starts shaking and starts saying, I, I am in danger. Uh, I have, I, I wanted in Langley. I said, by the, I said, by the police. And he said, no, I'm wanted in Langley by some, some gangs. And I wow. don't think I'm going to live till tomorrow unless you help me. And I was like, uh, what, uh, uh, how, what? So they started explaining, yeah, I got offside with this group over there, and I, I drove straight here, and I called my mom and asked her to meet me here because you're the only ones who can possibly help. And she's here, and she's sitting next to him, just nodding away in her corporate stuff. And I just, she's like, he's in great, lots of, lots of dangers. Can you just guys provide a place for him to stay, some house for him to stay in? And so then I'm sitting there, and it doesn't, doesn't add up, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I said, can you guys just hold on a minute? It's like my first week here at Northview. So I, I went, <laughs> it didn't happen in Little Nelson, New Zealand. So I walked next door to the office next door, Frank Martins, who was the, he was the interim lead pastor. And he's a care guy. And I said, Frank, can I just ask you a quick question before I go back to these people? What in the world? What am I supposed to say? And he smiled and he said, just don't believe everything people tell you. <laughs> he said, you should go back and ask them if you can contact the police for them. So I did. I left the room and I went back and I sat down and I said, well, look, I'm new here. And I just went to talk to one of our, to, to our acting lead pastor. And he, he just rec- recommended that I contact the police. And this kid shot up and said, if you call the police, I'll be dead by tonight. And I was like, well... I don't see why this is what they do. Like if you're in trouble with a gang and stuff, they can try to probably protect you or something or mm-hmm. right. Isn't that essentially what they do? No, it'll never happen. And his mother starts, she starts welling up in tears. And I'm like, Oh my goodness, what's going on? And she's like, Oh, you can't, can't you help? Why you can't you Christians help? Why can't you help him? And I said, well, why can't, I don't understand. You're here with your Bluetooth headset and stuff. Why can't you help? And she said, well, I can't, I can't help. My house is too full and it's too this. And she had all sorts of reasons why it is. She could put this, her son on a couch. You don't have a couch. <laughs> and she's like, no, we have nothing at all. He needs to come in. And she's Listen, if you can't provide, you can't provide for anything. This guy's like pacing around the room and stuff. And I said, well, let me just, let me just call the police. I put my hand on the phone and he, he grabbed the phone. He slammed it back down. He said, please, please don't call the police. And at this moment she said, listen, if you can't do that, can, can you just give him a little, can we just get a little bit of money in order to, in order to find a place to stay over the life? You can't put him up somewhere. Can you just, is there a way for you to give him some, give us some money to pay? And I said, well, wait a minute. Why can't you, you can't afford, like you have a credit card or whatever. You can't afford to go, go to a hotel, motel, hotel, something yeah. like that. And she yeah. said, no, we don't have any money at all. We have nothing at all. Can you please put him up, put him up at a thing? Anyway, I, I, I said, well, listen, no. Like she said, I said, how much are you looking for? She said, well, we need about at least $1,500. And at that point, I was like, I think this Man. is gone. I said, listen, I can't give you $1,500, but I can call the police. And that time, I put my hand again. I said, I, I, we have people, police officers in our congregation. I know some of them. I'll call them. 
All right. I know one of the guys off duty that he'll come in and he'll chat with you just for a minute, right? I put my hand on the phone and that moment, that guy, he just started swearing like crazy. And he ran out of my office, the kid did, and he took off down, he out down the hallway. And his mother said, I hope you're happy. You just killed us, killed him. Oh my. And then they, they left. Anyway, I was like devastated. I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe maybe I did something really horrible here. I got a phone call later that afternoon from uh, Seven Oaks Alliance in our town, and apparently it was from a guy there, and they had called our church to ask if, these, if somebody had come in like that. Hmm. This kid, went, they went to Seven Oaks Alliance, and they went to several other churches in our town doing the same story. story. Hmm. But it changed a little bit each time. Oh, my. So they were doing the they were doing the rounds. They were doing the circuit. This, this too, this too. So I, like this was a new thing for me to come to a place where people actually uh, would would try to bilk the church of money, something like that. And I learned after a little while that that was something that people do here. I mean, uh, there was a point at which at our at, we were on a young adults group, and there were some young adults who'd come along, and they would tape the they would take some tape while everybody was mingling. They would take some tape and they would tape the the doors, the, the you know what I mean, the right, the, the, the latch, the, the exit the latch doors to the doors. They yes. tape tape down the little latch that latched it, so that they would come, come back, back later. later that night and just be able to open the door up and go in and steal stuff <clears throat> from the church. Which just, yep. I was amazed at that. And since then, we've had lots and lots of people, you know, wander around our church and try to steal. I can tell you lots of stories of people stealing stuff from our from our church, wiping their own feces on the wall, stuck weird stuff, weird. Oh yeah. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> so I was pastoring in Scotland and um I was I was uh, in Aberdeen, the city of Aberdeen, way north of Scotland, and uh, my church was in a in an inner city community, very poor to the extent and, and a lot of gangs living mm. there to the extent if you're just a normal person who moved there, immigrated there, you have the postal code of that location and you go and look for a job and you put that postal code, most employers would be like, I don't know if I should hire this person hmm. because ex-convicts, prostitutes, things like that lived in this community. Anyway, so on a Sunday, my colleague was not there. So it's me uh, opening the church. And this was a very small church. Uh, we were probably about 40 or 50 people uh, in the congregation. I would be the usher and then I would lead communion. I would sing the songs. I would preach. I would do everything, basically, mm -hmm. in this church. Anyway, so on um, one Sunday, it had snowed and we had a Sunday evening service. And this is me, Ezra, fresh from Africa. It had snowed. So snow is all new to me, everything. And uh, you'd walk into the foyer of the church and then you'd enter into the sanctuary. So we'd, we'd leave the front door open for anyone who wants to come, but the door to the sanctuary will close because it's you want to keep the heat inside. Mm -hmm. So I'm doing the evening service and all that stuff anyway. The service is over, and I come to the foyer, and I find it is full of snow. Why? Because all the kids in the community gathered snow in buckets <laughs> and put it in the foyer, and were having snowball fights. That's incredible. In the foyer. Now, this church was a small church, and I was, of course, during the week, I'm the custodian. So I have to sweep, clean up everything. Like a small church, the pastor does everything. Oh my, these are the same kids who would smear dog poo on the door oh before I go. So I'm the one opening the church door. So I'd go there an hour and a half earlier yeah. to open the church and get everything yeah. sorted, everything like that, right? 
and I get to the door and I find the entire dog. They've gone around and picked up dog poo. <laughs> worked so hard for it. Oh, well, they worked hard. <laughs> and then they smeared it on the doors Brutal. and then they sit across the street and then they see me coming and obviously it's now wintry so it's cold. Yeah. You have to clean it up. And yeah. now I have to clean this stuff yeah, up. Like, yeah. I can't and it's it. Sunday morning. Yeah. Oh, well, man. Welcome to the ministry. Yeah. Oh, it was fun. It was good times. Yeah. I'll never Amazing. forget. Those were good old experiences. Yeah. Okay, my turn. Sure. All right. Go ahead. Uh, you get you get two. Or uh, sorry, here's here's my question. Before uh, Josh, I want you to you, you to help answer this one as well. Okay. Um, what I want to know is, I want you to give me reasons hmm. that you would leave a church. So yeah. I, I know we talk all the time about about you know it's very important for us to stay in local churches. We live in a consumeristic society. I totally get that that people will sometimes just hop from church to church to church and constantly be just picking the next, you know, the next, you know, mm-hmm. uh, exciting moment from a particular new church, a new pastor comes in, and just whatever, we just hop, 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 hop. So we tended to cry this, and I want to say, yep, that's all, that's largely true. But what reasons would you give that are legitimate for somebody to leave one church and to attend another one? I think for me, the first reason that comes to mind is when the church um, false doctrine, mm. and but, and by that I mean, by that I mean, you now walk away from the gospel. You deny the the um, the closed handed um, the closed handed doctrine. So, for example, Jesus is not Lord. Yeah. Uh, all roads lead to heaven. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is no hell. Mm-hmm. These kinds of things. The moment you begin to deny the gospel of Jesus Christ, that right there, I'm done. So definitions about who God is and yes. uh, what we call salvation. It, yeah, how do people get saved? How do people get saved? And yes. whether and the extent of the saved, meaning that uh, when I say extent of the saved, meaning does everyone in the world save? Yes. Or is, is, yes. is God yes. saving? Yes. Does God those who save? Believe, if, yes. That kind of thing. Okay. Right. So for me. Anything that is central to the gospel, that's not a, it's not a secondary issue or an open-handed issue, that's close-handed Should issue. Should you not this leave a, for, for, hmm? for open-handed stuff then? Open-handed issues? Ah, Give I me mean, a couple of them. An open-handed issue would be, an open-handed issue would be, okay. <sighs> baptism. Yeah, baptism is so one. Are you, are, well, do you, do you say that? Do I say what? Would you believe that baptism is an open-handed issue? I don't know if a baptism is... Do you know what I mean by that? Yes. I mean, like, I'm saying pedo-baptism, which is the baptism yes, of baptizing. children yes. versus the baptism of adults which by, by creed, credo-baptism, yes. pedo-baptism. Right. So, so if I believe that I should be baptized that, it, that, that it, as a baby, as part of the covenant community, it doesn't mean I'm saved, right. but it means that it's, it's, a, it's a sign that I'm part of God's covenant right. community, the community of faith. So, but... So, so I'm gonna say this now. I'm gonna, I'm going to speak out of both sides of my mouth. Okay. So, as an MB pastor, I would say, you know what, uh, you, we we are not pedo Baptists. We don't baptize children. Okay. Uh, yes, we don't. So there are okay? some. In sec- so, so out of mm-hmm. that side of your mouth, you're saying that there are some secondary issues that you would leave because basically the Mennonites, there are, there Mennonite are, brethren started. Well, yes. Mennonites anyway started as a. As a break-off group yes. from people who believed otherwise. So right. we, we exist in a community now that right. basically is defined by our saying that, no, you should leave churches that do pedo-baptism. 
So they would say that. Now, for me, would I go that far? I don't know. Okay. I don't know if I would. See, I would leave a church when you preach a gospel that does not lead to true biblical Christianity. If, if you're going to preach in such a way that I'm now going to be left wondering, are you really a Christian? If you can believe that, are you a Christian? Like there is no hell. Okay, so now what have you done with the judgment of God? Yeah, so that's yeah, a bit, so you, so that's a, that's a close-handed. You're issue. saying but that's close. Op- yeah, but open-handed issues. I don't know if open-handed issues are big enough. I think it would depend. It depend on the individual and their convictions about that specific open-handed issue. For example, uh, Calvinism, Arminianism. Yeah. There are those who would be um, uh, Calvinists who will say no. If it, it is either Calvinism or nothing, mm-hmm. because Arminianism is not Christian. Some may say that. They may go that far. But I would say, no, Calvinism would be an, more of an open-handed issue than closed-handed for issue. You. Yeah, for yeah. me. Okay. But, but for some people, they may be like, But generally ah. speaking, what you're saying here, though, generally speaking, is that one of the reasons that you should leave a church is doctrinal. Oh, absolutely, mm-hmm. right. yes. Josh, what do you got? Yeah, I was going to say, uh, echo some of that, the doctrinalist stuff, but I think, um, I don't know, like, I think big life changes, um, moving... Um, yeah, I mean, you can't obviously yeah. stay at the church that you, you're yeah. at if you're in a new town. Yeah. Why are you picking such an easy one? You're such a weenie. Well, because the big one was doctrine stuff, and <laughs> I don't know. So is there any other reason? That, so in other words, uh, if my children are not flourishing in the church that we're in, even though the church is faithful and doing good work, but they're not flourishing there, and they are connecting to another church in town where the youth ministry might be a little bit better in the sense that it's not better objectively, it's just better for my, for my particular kids. And maybe I go and I attend that church and I find that it, you know, is a bit more my speed or I will go the on services better. are a little bit more I'll thing you... and maybe the music's a little bit better or something like that. You would say that somebody should not go. I will give you one better. So Just answer the question. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to nuance the I'm going to nuance what you just said. So I'll give you a better example. So let's say you come to a, you attend a specific church, you don't like the music. Okay? You don't you just hate the music for for whatever yeah, break stuff, Jeff. <laughs> Good on you. So you, you you don't like the music. Why did obviously. you say break stuff? You need to tell <laughs> yeah, people. because you just broke something <laughs> on the mic. The yeah. microphone is falling apart. <laughs> yeah, it's falling apart. Uh, thanks for playing with it. Anyway, uh, back to my uh, my response. So you attend this church, you don't like the music, and every time you wa- or you don't like the 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 liturgy, you just walk out feeling like man, you you're just angry, constantly angry when you attend there because maybe the church has changed, it's new, or maybe you have a new worship pastor, whatever. You, at the end of the service, you don't feel like you've engaged God. If anything, you're just critical constantly. Then the question becomes, why are you there? Why do you go and worship God? Oh, you supposedly come to worship God, but you end up angry because the worship was too loud. Or they didn't sing the songs So you how like, would you or, counsel somebody like that then? Are you, are you saying that you so, would counsel them so, first by saying, hey, man, get over yourself? So, at, uh, yeah, at the beginning, I would say, okay, let's talk about why you come to church. Why does this issue bother you? We would figure out what that issue is. But if the person is really having a difficult time about whatever it is that they are mad about, regarding the service, then I'd say, you know what? Is it edifying to your soul to be coming here every week Mm. and leaving angry? So you come here so that you collect all these reasons why you hate the service here because it's not changing and they're not implementing the changes you want. Mm. 
So at the end of the day, is it edifying to your soul to come and worship God if you keep living angry? Maybe it might be a good idea to to consider, hey, maybe the church down the street actually worships the the same way in in a style that you like. Okay, so so my question then for you is, is Mm -hmm. that not consumerist? I don't, in some cases, yes. In some cases, you could say that it is consumerist. So it is okay. To but, leave a church for consumerist reasons. No, I, I would say I would say this. I would nuance it to say this. It depends on it depends on my meeting with the person and the reasons why they are angry about the music or they are mm. angry so about let, whatever. So let's it is say that they're angry. angry. They're angry. They're 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 frustrated okay, with frustrated the existing church word. for well, I don't care whether it's music or the preaching or the something that they just don't connect with, mm-hmm. right? Maybe something's changed in the life of the church. Maybe their life stage has changed, right? And so earlier in their lives, they they were a particular. There was a particular kind of bent that they had. Now they don't have that, or maybe they've grown into a different kind of. Like they're just, but but that the church that they're attending at the present moment is not necessarily their vibe, and the, and they do. They're frustrated repeatedly mm-hmm. at the church. Mm. Are you saying mm. that this person should or should not leave? That church, or w- when I say should, is it permissible in your mind? If if the if the frustration is consistent, and there is no way around it, then they can leave. Would I call that consumerist? No, I would call mm. it consumerist if they're church hopping, where they're always looking for the fancy, shiny thing. Okay, so church X is having this thing and it's really rocking so they're there. And then you have another, Pastor Jeff Bucknam now comes and he starts in this church and they hear oh, we gotta go, and then they keep going. So they're always looking for the next shiny thing constantly. You're church hopping, now you become a consumer. Okay. But yeah. I would say if, if, you have, if you're attending a specific church and it's not edifying to your soul what is being presented before you, and you keep you're, it's you're not trying. doctrinal. It's not a doctrinal yeah, issue. It's 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 just a taste issue. It's it's not edifying to you, or they don't have the kind of program. But you're saying that first, you should you should try to get over yourself. Yes, you should figure out how you can be a benefit to the church and how it is that right. you can help solve some of the challenges that you per, you see. Yes. But if the frustration, I hear you saying that if the frustration continues for a long period of time, it actually might be the best thing both for you and for mm. the church that you currently attend. For you to go. For you for you to go. It's yes. not actually the end of the world no. for you to recognize and for the church to recognize that there, there are seasons in people's lives. Right. That's what you're saying? I, I, all right, I'm not going to respond at all to any of that because this is a Q&A <laughs> thing. You get to give the answer and you didn't ask me the question. Oh, no, 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 no. No, 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 Josh Stern. You got third. Uh, okay, so my question is... Uh, biggest mistakes that you guys made? You guys made in your early ministry? The internship. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, just, <laughs> just we started an internship program, John. Mm. The biggest mistakes that we made yeah, early on. Just in stuff a, that stuck out to you, like in our man, ministry. Can't believe how big of a mess I made. Yeah, I mean, some for me, it's not going to be programmatic. You know, like I ch- made this choice to do this particular particular event or program. It was not. I was following the footsteps of lots of people who had mm. done programs before me. It, yeah. Quite honestly, most of it had to do it had to do and continues to have to do with attitude. Mm. Um, I don't think I was fully prepared uh, in ministry for the the challenges that, that come with it, and in particular the the criticism hmm. that comes with ministry. And I responded early in my life very negatively, repeatedly to criticism. And I don't mean that like 
you know, somebody criticized me and I just yelled at them as loud as I could. <laughs> I mean that I really took it to heart. I still do to some degree, yeah. but I really took it to heart. And I wanted to know why they were frustrated and what was causing them difficulty and wanted to, I thought, well, if I could just explain myself to them, they would see that my viewpoint is reasoned and mm. they would be charitable toward me and understand as I did with them that this is not, a, you know, the end of the world kind of issue. Yeah. But I came to realize actually that no amount of discussion or dialogue was going to solve it because most of the reasons that people get frustrated about a particular thing is not just because you did it. There's a whole history behind their frustration with that thing. You know, they, they might, you know, they're, you might remind them of something, somebody they didn't like in junior high school or, and that's silly, but you know, like you might remind them of a teacher that they had once who they really liked, but then turned their back on them. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But there's lots of reasons why it is that people make criticisms that you're not always sure about. So what I tried to learn and have tried to learn is not, first of all, if somebody makes a criticism, try to seek first, what's, what's the real issue? Like, what do you really frustrated about and why are you frustrated about this particular thing like there's right. usually a heart issue yeah, what is it that's going on yeah. there and so instead of responding with well here's the 14 reasons why which i still do that goes on in my mind oh i'm gonna write 14 <laughs> points of you know <laughs> trying to find out why it is that they believe what they believe why they're frustrated about it what's gone on maybe in their past it's helped me the times i've done that well it's helped me to think oh actually you're not really frustrated about the thing you're frustrated about. It's about this other thing. Hmm. And that doesn't have anything to do with me, ultimately. Um, but also just the recognition that you're just going to get it. You know, like that's part of ministry. You're just going to gonna take, take it in the chin. You're dealing with volunteers and with people who've got all sorts of heart issues. It's, it's similar in some ways to being any, in any kind of leadership position. You're trying your best before God to make decisions that are honorable and self-sacrificial. And some people will read those decisions and they will attribute motives to you that are self-indulgent mm. and you know it's all about you and you just love yourself so much or like something like that and you can't you can't there's not a lot you can do you got to stand before God and you got to trust that what you've done you've done the very best of your ability before God and you know where you're wrong you're willing to submit to to you know the, the gaze of God and say yes they're right about that but you, you do your ministry before the Lord ultimately Mm-hmm. Sweet. For me, I would say um, the biggest would be uh, cultural, not not me not being intentional about understanding the culture mm. where I'm pastoring. So two examples. I was in Scotland, and um, I was this African guy, very excited being there, and I'm yeah. pastoring, and so I'm invited to someone's house for a meal. Okay, so I go to this guy's house or this family's house, whatever, and I'm having this meal and I'm the pastor of the church and they've served me a good, decent meal. It's good fellowship on, let's say, a Tuesday evening. Now, in Scotland, and particularly in Aberdeen where I was, the expectation was that if you invite me to your house for dinner on Tuesday, I'm inviting you to my house on Friday. Hmm. Like it was the unsaid expectation. but. Ezra, the African, is like, hey, sweet, I'm going to Jeff's house. Free meal. Free meal. (laughs) So I totally pounded at Jeff's and we have a good old time and I'm done. And then I forget about Jeff and the week goes on and the second week and the third week and Jeff is waiting for me to invite him and Ezra is nowhere near inviting Jeff. And 
Ezra ends up never inviting Jeff over. And so now Jeff takes offense at Ezra and his and his uh, lack of care. Um, he's so selfish and greedy and he's just taking advantage of people hmm. because I did not know yeah. that I was to invite Jeff. Or yeah. in uh, coming to North America here in Canada, one of the things uh, as an African growing up, uh, respect for your seniors and respect for your bosses is hmm. a huge thing. So one way of showing respect, for example, in a work setting like this, so Jeff may have an idea mm. that I don't agree with. So I did something. I thought it was right. Jeff comes and questions why I did this particular issue. Now, Jeff yeah. is my boss. Yeah. So as an African, when Jeff questions why I did that thing, the expectation is I am quiet, I am silent, I'm submissive. He will say what he has to say and agree with him, and then I will do what he's asked. Right. But in North America, it's kind of like, no, you push back. Yeah. Like you. Yeah, if, you're not, if you're not responsible for the thing, you say so. Yeah, you yeah. say. Right? You say respectfully, but you say no. Exactly. Yeah. No, this is, this is why this happened, or this is, it wasn't me who did this, or whatever the case may be. Yeah. But in Africa, no, you don't speak back. You never speak this back. This has been very yeah. useful for me with Ezra. I just blame everyone. <laughs> <Yeah. on it. laughs> Incredible. He doesn't say a thing. He just sits there and takes it. He's, re- re- he's been responsible for a lot of <laughs> A lot of things. So, so, so in many cases, I found that some of it could be a ministry decision that I made that I found was legitimate, and my boss would ask me, um, "Why would you? Why would you do this? Because either they don't understand why I did it, or yeah. maybe it didn't go very well. But now yeah. I have to be held accountable. Yeah. But I ended up being quiet, not mm. responding or pushing back, and then I was labeled. Oh, then Ezra is not doesn't think rightly about yeah. things, doesn't think through things." And it would make me so angry inside. Man. No! Yeah. But I'm trying to yeah. respect you by not answering inside. back. <laughs> yeah. And uh, man, I yeah, I, I, I look back and I say, man, I wish I had said something there. I wish yeah. I'd have been more uh, forthright because I had opinions. I wanted to share them, yeah. but he's my boss. Yeah. So uh, Being culturally be... astute is an oh, important thing. Huge, like, huge. And it's not just between Africa and North America. That's a no. big distance, yeah. but it's... It's also, I mean, I'm an American working in Canada. I've had to learn those sorts of things. Oh, I, right. I look back yeah. at some of the challenges that I've had. You know, when people, when I'm being... People what back I think, in. Well, and I think I'm being clear. So my intention yeah. is just to be clear so that we can discuss, we don't talk past each other, right? So here's right. what I think. Yes. Clearly, I'm not, I'm not saying it because... It's I don't not, like you. It's, it's unassailable and you can't question it. I'm saying it because I just want to be clear... Mm. With it, well, that's read in a lot of Canadian contexts as being dogmatic yeah. and forceful, and you just, you, you know. I, so, in the end, I wish I knew that at the time because <laughs> yeah. I would have been like, "Oh, so before I say this forcefully, can yeah. I just tell you that I'm going to say it <laughs> yeah. so that you know what I mean to couch yeah, like it in the right term? Yeah, you have to know it a little bit. And this is a good advice for anybody going into ministry anywhere. I'm just not even ministry, but anytime you're going to go and you're going to work in a new location for anything, like try to learn the culture of the place, yeah. try to learn the culture of the people, and 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 understand how you're being understood. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm not I'm not super South American. Uh, I went there when I was two, so I and for. So you're kind of, but not yeah, quite. Yeah, I'm Canadian mostly, but on the inside, half of it's like kind of Brazilian. But uh, it comes out in sports or card games or anything, and I'll get really like Into amped. It. And I'm like a pretty quiet guy outside of that. But 
then uh, I'm playing card games and I'll start yelling or I'll start going like, ah, like out of frustration or like, uh, you know, shouts of joy or whatever. And, and people here just kind of like turn and look at me. <laughs> like, what, can you calm down, please? What's wrong with this? This is just soccer. <laughs> like, you, sh- you, should watch, you should watch the NFL with Jeff. It's a, it's <laughs> a beautiful it? experience. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Joshua, you can watch anything with me. Okay, <laughs> sweet. I'll it's take you up on that. It's all one speed. Oh, man, it's one speed. <laughs> all right, Ezra, you back up. Okay, so. We got room for probably another one yeah. to two questions. Here we go. Okay, so strangest. No, 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 no. Preaching moments. Weirdest. Mm preaching moments i got a good one we have a board by the way the reason that you're hesitating is that we, we yeah beforehand we wrote a bunch of questions up, up on a board and we're choosing from the ones that we already threw up there and ezra's chosen preaching what yeah the weirdest preaching uh, moment episode so you're a preacher obviously and you preach very well on a weekend but do you have a oh yeah do you have a story oh, yeah. where you totally yeah, like absolutely. bombed it Okay, bring it. Well, no, but bombed it. It's, I've had some stor- moments where it's been very, very difficult. Wilson, one time I finished a sermon in, uh, in when I was in New Zealand. I was, did an itinerant minister. I was a professor during the weeks, and then I did an itinerant work where I'd go around in the weekends, and I'd preach at lots of different churches. I got invited all over the place. And one of the churches that I was preaching at was one I'd done before, and I just I thought, oh, I I'll, I had prepared most of the sermon, but I didn't had th- I really hadn't thought a whole lot about the conclusion or like how I was going to finished the sermon, so I went to this church, and I thought, oh, I'll just sort it out when I get there. It was a, it was a little church, and it was lovely folks. I knew a good chunk of them, and I, for some reason, because I had done so much study, I had taught so many classes during the week, it just sort of fell by the wayside. I woke up on Sunday, and I, oh, I gotta, I'm preaching there, and I thought, I thought I had, I thought somehow that I had come up with a conclusion to the sermon. <laughs> <laughs> but then, so I'm preaching through the sermon, and I got my notes in front of me, and like I, I had looked at beforehand, but I hadn't. Usually, I look a lot and spend a lot of time with it, but I just hadn't had the chance. I got to the end of the sermon, and there was no, there was nothing at the bottom of the page. It just stopped, and I was like, uh, I, I had one. I just so, and it, I said, well. I guess that's enough for today. And that's it. <laughs> I didn't pray. I just, just I just walked right, walked right out. Oh my and uh, this older lady came up to me afterwards and she said, can I just, young man, because I was, I was like, what at that time, like 27, young man, that was the worst ending of oh sermon I have goodness. ever heard. Can you prepare better next time? Wow. I was like, yes, 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 I will. I've never done it since. I'll give you another one though. Okay, go. it's a little bit more, uh, yeah, dicey. So I was speaking at a youth conference. I came here as a young adult pastor, and I was speaking. This is lots of years ago, but I was speaking at a youth conference, and one of the kids who came was part of the youth conference. So there's like 300, 400 kids there from different youth groups all over the place, and one of the kids who came had struggled with Tourette syndrome, mm-hmm. and it was Tourette syndrome where he'd swear out loud or do make make you <laughs> yeah. know big actions and stuff, mm-hmm. and so. Anyway, the, his, the youth pastor came up to me and said, dude, this is a really good guy. You just need to know that when you're preaching, sometimes he likes to sit in the front because he likes to worship the Lord, right? And you just need to know that as you start preaching, there, there's a likelihood that he might say something out loud or make gestures towards you. And that's what he said, gestures. And I was like, oh, it's, you know, whatever. I've been through lots of, I've preached long enough to have dealt with kids, little, little babies. I preach at churches where they let their kids run free in mm. the Lord of the Flies sort of way, and they're like <laughs> running through my f- legs and stuff. You just keep going. You just keep going, man. You just keep going. So anyway, so I get up there and I start and I start just talking for a little bit, and it's I'm, I'm about like one, two minutes into the sermon, 
and this kid's in the front, and he has both his middle fingers up straight, in, like he's shoving them straight forward, looking me in the eyes, just shove, just repeatedly like flipping me off over and over and over again. And I, I kind of was looking around like, does anybody else see this? <laughs> he's doing this, and it really threw me off. And then he started to make all sorts of other gestures that I will not repeat here over and over again for the first like five minutes. And it got to the point where I, I didn't, I was, I don't even know what I said to the people, but I was saying it with this sort of like giggle in my voice. <laughs> I was worried, the guy I was doing ministry with, he was doing the worship stuff that time. He was in the back and he was killing himself because he could see what was going on and he was just falling over laughing. And I was like, what do you do? I can't point this out because kids, he's got Tourette's. I don't want to point that out. Right. So you just, you just keep going. You just keep going. You just keep it was going. Very awkward. Mm. It was the most awkward. I was proud of myself because I didn't say anything. You just keep. Mm. You just keep going. You just keep going. Yeah. Okay. So I have an interesting story. Okay. So I was uh, pastoring uh, young adults in a previous uh, ministry location, and so I had about two hundred and fifty young adults in a room, and so I had preached this sermon. Um, it was a heavy, a heavy type of sermon, and we had communion at the end of the service of the sermon. So the worship was great. I come up, I do what I at the time felt my best work, like I had really brought the the mood, set the tone for communion. So I finished the sermon, and then I prayed, and then I told the people, this is uh, now time for communion. This is how we're going to do it. And I had some, uh, some young adults uh, in four corners of the room. You know, you can go there. You can take your uh, piece of bread and you can t- uh, dip it in the, in the juice, in the goblet, and then you can, we can all eat together, that kind of thing. So there I am setting the mood. The band is up behind me. They're just playing quietly. The mood is ripe. And I say, you know, so for communion now, I've already prayed for it. For communion now, all you have to do is just stand up and choose what corner, the closest to you, and you can go and you can pinch the loaf. (laughs) And then you can... (laughs) And then people start laughing. (laughs) You can pinch the... So I'm wondering, why are you laughing? I have no idea why they're laughing. Come to the corner and and pinch the loaf. So say... And I say it again. <laughs> yes, go and and my oh, worship pastor, boy. he is now howling. He's red in the face. And I'm like, what in the world are you laughing at? Oh, okay, man. so I finish, and then he's now trying to get the mood back. But the whole room is laughing, and I have no idea why they're laughing. So after I finish, I go and I stand at the back, and now the worship guy starts playing so that people can go and do communion. And then one of my young Don't adults come to love. me and said, "Dude." Never say pinch the loaf again. Do you know what it is? No, I don't. And then they told me, and I was mortified. Oh, I was mortified. The whole evening was perfect until that. Ah, there's a cultural challenge there. Oh, my word. Yes, that they mean everywhere. I I know, right? That was ridiculous. One more story. So, (laughs) same church, same church. It was a huge, it was a mega church. It was at the time slightly bigger than Northview. The time. So I was given the privilege of preaching on a Sunday morning. So it's 10 o'clock service. It is packed, packed there after the other balcony. It was full and TVs all around. So I'm the preacher. So I go up. So I had preached uh, Saturday night service, Sunday morning service, and the, the, the sermon was really going great. I was really feeling it. Like it was mm-hmm. really great. So I left my preaching notes 
in the pulpit. They have this big pulpit with a little bit of a shelf yeah. um, underneath the, the, the pulpit, the surface. So I left my notes in a file under there. That went, mingled with people after the 8.30. So 10 o'clock service. The worship band is great. They've played and everything. Now it's the preacher's stand to go up and preach. Everybody's now seated there. This is my first time preaching in this church. It had gone well, the two services. I'm feeling good. I go and I put my hand in that shelf on the pulpit. The lights are on. It's game on. Cameras are rolling. And the notes are not there. And these people do live translation, which means... I don't want to ad lib here. I right, don't you have to speak what I, you did. I have to follow the well, script yeah. because they, they were translating in six or seven different languages. Wow. And my... What'd you do? Oh. What'd you do? So I, I, I bent over and everybody's looking at me now. Everyone is quiet. They're waiting for the sermon. This, it was about 1,600 people in the room at the time. Yeah. And then I said, well, I left my notes here after the first service, but I'm not here. But I know the sermon, so I guess I'll just have to preach from memory. Oof. The lead pastor of the church was seated right in front, so he gets up and matches out. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> because I was wondering, should I pause and tell him, go to my computer, open <laughs> it, print it, <laughs> print it <laughs> off. everybody and, just sit yeah, here for the next and, <laughs> Yeah, and, and should I go? Should I send my lead pastor? Yeah. Who am I going to send? So, by God's grace, the person who's running the, the slides, the seven slides yeah. of course has a copy oh, but yeah, they've yeah. marked their copy all sorts of ways right. and for me the points like yeah, where yeah, I want yeah. to really highlight it's not highlighted because the notes are gone yeah. but anyway they brought me that thing and by God's grace I'd preached that sermon twice so I knew yeah. I knew all the corners mm. and I knew what was coming next man. it's a fear that I have by the way that I've, I've oh, had man. I have dreams about that very that very thing oh. like I don't really use my notes either yeah. I mean I, I don't I don't use them much at all, but there's it's like having this. But little, it's there. It's a security yeah. blanket. Yeah, right? you know that they're there. So you know I'm they're always there. checking. I'd probably check eight times before. Okay, these are notes. Right, sermon. Did some jerk make them? <laughs> right. You know. Yeah. Here at Northview on a Saturday night, um, usually in my notes I have like if I'm going to make a pithy statement, I write it down so I read it when mm-hmm. I get to the. I want to emphasize this point. Yeah. So I had three pages. And I so I printed a double print and I gave the pro presenter person their first set, the mm-hmm. person who does the slides, and I'm remaining with mine. So I'm all good to go. I'm in the green room waiting for the service, waiting for my time. So it was my time to go up and preach right here at Northview. So I go and I preach through and I'm going through f- page one and the sermon was really good. I felt good about the sermon. And then I went to turn it now to look at page two. It's not there. <laughs> I'm now talking to people, but in my mind, I'm freaking out. Where is page two? And this is Sunday morning. Center Court has a video live link of Ezra (laughs) there. So I'm thinking, Center Court is watching. There are people here watching. And I have no page two. Where is page two? (laughs) Oh, man. Did you find it or did you just go with it? I went with it. I you went with it in memory. Oh, man. I felt awful. Absolutely. That was good times. Well, Ezra. Good. I'm going to finish finally uh, with one short story about Ezra that nice. made me very happy, uh, and then we'll and then we'll call it a day. Uh, Ezra came. Ezra, if you don't know this, when he preaches, we used to have. We now we have LED lights, and they're much. They're much uh, less oh, hot. Oh, yeah, but they used coming. to. They used to be really hot. And Ezra would sweat and sweat, and he would bring these like he'd bring handkerchiefs with him and stuff. Anyway. 
Ezra's covering his and face then, in shame right now. One, <laughs> one Saturday night, he walked off the back of the stage. Because and he walked on the backstage, but somebody forgot to turn his mic pack off. Yeah, and by and the way, that's that Sunday we had uh, uh, one of our congregants called Todd Kajawa and yeah. his uh, little daughter Courtney, beautiful girl who struggles with some health challenges. And so Todd brought the the plan was I finished the sermon and then Todd and his little girl, this girl would sing and Todd would play the guitar yeah, and it would be a perfect song. a sweet song. Yeah. yeah, so they were getting up ready to sing. Right, and Ezra walked to the back. And his mic pack was on, and he says to somebody as he turns the corner back into the room, "I'm so sweaty," <laughs> and it is it broadcasts across the everything, and the whole room just lost lost it. I'm so sweaty. And what is funny is I heard people laughing, and I had no idea why are they laughing. Yeah, why are they laughing? I'm and then it dawned on me, ah, so my good. pack is on. Yeah. I'm oh, so sweaty. my word. Incredible. Well, with that lovely thought, yeah. we must bring things to a close. God bless you, Ezra. Thanks, Josh, mm-hmm. for being the both producer and contributor to this Q&A battle. We will do it again another time. I've got many other questions. Yeah, theological. To position you as the heretic you probably are, Ezra. Oh, really? Yeah. No. We'll talk it's about on. yoga next it's time. On. I think yoga. I basically... Listen, I won. It's over. <laughs> God bless you. God bless.